This is the Smart Passive Income Podcast with Pat Flynn, session number 269. Let's do this thing. Welcome to the Smart Passive Income Podcast, where it's all about working hard now so you can sit back and reap the benefits later. And now your host. Most of his closet consists of t-shirts from startup companies, Pat Flynn. Now, as you know, I've been in the podcasting space for quite a long time now, and I've had a lot of success with the multiple shows and, and episodes and even the courses I've created. Part of my success is due to how particular I've been in the tools that I use, and one of my favorite tools is Buzzsprout. For those of you who are not familiar with Buzzsprout, you need to be, because if you have a podcast or you're looking to start one, Buzzsprout is by far the easiest way to start podcasting, and they're making it even easier. This is a podcast host, and it allows you to get listed on all the top directories, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, et cetera. I use it myself. They've provided advanced stats for us now so that you can track your podcast downloads and understand exactly what things are happening with your show, which is really key, right? Just there's not a lot of data that uh, a lot of tools give us access to, and Buzzsprout is some of the best. They'll even help you build a website for your podcast so your audience can easily find you online and listen to all the episodes right from your site too, if, even if you don't have a website. On the technical side, this is one of the coolest things I've seen in a while. Through the host, Buzzsprout, you can automatically optimize your audio through their newest feature, Magic Mastering. So Magic Mastering is like an Instagram filter, but for your audio. And it takes the audio you have and just automatically masters it to match the Apple Podcast authoring best practices. It's totally awesome. Just, I love them because not only is it just a super easy tool to use, but I know the team there. They are the sponsor of this episode. And I wanted to make sure you got to know who they are because they're, they're a great tool. And if you're just starting out with Buzzsprout, you can actually get a special deal. Their plans start at $12 a month. Buzzsprout is a wonderful partner of mine and, you know, you can actually get 33% more time on your plan, whichever plan you choose, just through this link alone. And that's smartpassiveincome.com slash buzzsprout. And that's a huge deal, 33% extra time on your plan just by going through that link. You can claim that again by going to smartpassiveincome.com slash buzzsprout. Check them out, they're awesome. Hey, what's up everybody, Pat Flynn here, and thank you so much for joining me in this session of the Smart Passive Income Podcast. Super stoked you're here, and I'm really excited for this interview because it's a very unique one. We are interviewing one of the four co-founders of a company called Chubbies. Now, what does Chubbies do? They sell men's shorts. Now, you might be thinking to yourself, well, how interesting can an interview from a company about shorts can be? Well, this has been one of the most inspiring an interesting and, and educational interviews I've done in a while because Tom over at uh, Chubby's is gonna reveal exactly how they've been able to build this massive, massive brand and almost cult-like following for their product and how they've, they've been able to uh, use content to do that and how they empower their community and how just now this company spreads like wildfire because of word of mouth and it's just really inspiring, especially for me now that I'm creating a physical product very soon. But I think for anybody, you know, you want to create a sense of culture, you want to create that kind of word of mouth uh, recognition. And, 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 you know, this is this is exactly what you need to listen to. Um, what's really cool also about this is is the meaning behind what they do, and how they portray that and how they are, like I said, bringing this community together in a way that grows the brand, but just, again, empowers the people who are actually their customers. So we're gonna talk a lot about that. So let's not wait any further. This is Tom from chubbies.com. Let's do this. Hey, what's up, guys? Pat here with Tom from Chubbies. 
for chubbyshorts.com. Tom, thank you, and welcome to the SPI Podcast. Thanks for being here. Absolutely, Pat. Thanks for having me. So you and I, uh, actually, this is the first time we've spoken, but I've heard about Chubby so many times from my good friend Matt, who many of the listeners know, uh, who is my partner in a number of businesses and who also his company's helped you with your website design. And first of all, when Matt first introduced ChubbyShorts.com to me, I was like, okay, retail store, clothes, okay, whatever. And then I went to the site and I was just immediately blown away from, immediately I started to understand like the personality of chubbies and the culture and then i went over to your instagram i'm like holy crap 300,000 followers and and you sell shorts like what's that like for you <laughs> yeah. i mean you, you founded this amazing company with so much like such a great following and a huge culture behind it like what what's what's that been like for you i mean it's amazing you know for us it's all about the community and it's all about uh you know giving people a good time and so that's what we try and do on the website on our instagram account on our facebook on our snapchat um it's it's entirely about having fun and uh making jokes and uh and you know building you know yeah i'm in the short shorts company um <laughs> it's, it's just you know it's in its own right it's just so awesome that we have this community of people that we can connect with that love our products, love the content that we put out. So yeah, it's it's just you know very very uh, very awesome and very fortunate for us as a business. How did you how did you get started with Chubby's? Yeah, so so uh, there's there's four total co-founders um, of the business. So I'm one of them, and and we got started because we were all just good buddies, and honestly, we all wore short shorts, and uh, and we all had like different like legendary pairs of short shorts, and. Uh, <laughs> They were like passed down from dads, uncles, you know, salvaged from bins at, at thrift stores and, and everyone had their like marquee pair that they would wear, you know, on the weekends when everyone on trips or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it just started to kind of evolve into an ethos and a brand. Um, and kind of the other side of that is that, that men's fashion when we were starting was just really unrelatable. It was, it was washboard abs cologne covered shirtless uh guys you know hawking <laughs> hawking you know tight t-shirts and cargo shorts mm-hmm. and uh and we didn't really relate with that and so so this kind of uh you know the product was was so obvious to us because we couldn't find it anywhere we were just so passionate about it and we loved it and um and the brand started to evolve out of that kind of that feeling of of everything's just a little too serious in the world of men's fashion. And so we started to work on, you know, what's the sort of content that we can put out? What's the sort of messaging we can put behind it? And, um, and you know, we, we, we made, I think, 50 pairs as a, as a group, just like on a whim to try and see if we could sell them. Um, and we went up to, to the shores of Lake Tahoe in California and, uh, and, you know, we had a plan to set up a booth and, uh, you know, we'd, we'd go from, from group to group on the beach, like marketing them, telling people about the product. And right when we landed on the beach, we had backpacks full of shorts. People were running up to us, um, they, you know, asking to buy them. Mm-hmm. Um, and once we sold out of them there, people were asking to like trade shorts with us and all this good stuff. And, and you could Im- immediately tell the product resonated. Um, we launched the website in September of 2011 mm-hmm. and that's really when kind of the marketing and the content began. And, 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 you know, it was, it was immediately something where um, people could tell it was different, where we, the models that we, that we 
quote hired were just ourselves. Um, we didn't go out and find like this, you know, pristine kind of male archetype. Um, we wanted to be relatable. We wanted to be fun. Um, and uh, we wrote our emails. We wrote our content like we were writing for our friends. And that was really kind of the, the kernel of, of what we wanted to get is like, like we want to sell products to our friends um, and, you know, we want to expand our friend group as much as we can to make sure that we can do that. And so that's kind of what all of our outlets turned into is they're really the personality of the brand. Um, and, and, and uh, we think of it as that's the way that we're expanding our community. That's the way that we're adding kind of more and more friends to this group so that we all feel like, um, you know, we're all buddies in this. And when we meet somebody on the street of, of you know, one of our storefronts, we know them and they know us and they get our personality, they get our sense of humor and all that good stuff. And so that's really kind of what it's been about from a marketing perspective is evolving that and building that community through content that kind of showcases kind of what we care about and what we think is, is uh, valuable. Yeah. I mean, I'm here on your, on your website and I scroll down a little bit and then I see what's almost sort of like a, a mission statement or like, Hey, this is, this is who we are. And it's a big, bold, blue, section where you can read and kind of has different yeah. different divisions and the first thing that i see here is you know welcome to chubbies here's what we what we believe we believe in the weekend and then a bunch of other ones and I, and, and i'm here on your instagram as well and it says hey the weekend has arrived so what, what what's this weekend deal and, and why is that important yeah i mean for us the, the work week uh is encroaching more and more and more on the weekend and the weekend is something we need to to protect and savor um and so we really do think about it as this like battle between us and the work week and cell phones starting to, you know, creep up on more and more of our lives, constantly staying connected on email, constantly staying connected on whatever messaging platform you use. Um, and we are fighting the fight of, uh, you know, let's expand the times where we're having fun and so the times where we're hanging out with friends and hanging out with family. Um, and that's, you know, so important to us and, so, and the, the guiding light behind everything that we do. And that's the weekend. That's, that's when you're not stressed about your career or what you're doing next or how you're going to make your next buck. And you're, 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 you're taking time to uh, enjoy life. Um, and that's really, you know, if we could provide a service to anybody, that's what we want to do with our clothes, with our content. Um, we want it to be that kind of instant, um, levity. Um, mm -hmm. and, and the weekend is, is, is that to us? Um, the weekend is that release that Friday at five feeling, you know, you, you are, you are free. And, uh, that's, that's exactly kind of the feeling that we wanted to hit on. Um, so yeah, that's why we, that's why we harp on the weekend, uh, so much is just, that's the, that's the most important thing in the world to us. Right. Well, it sums it up perfectly. I think whoever came up with that uh or perhaps it was just sort of organically kind of popped out it, it's it's just it, it sums it up perfectly and i'm curious in terms of the uh, marketing strategy and trying to figure out what has been working marketing wise to expand your brand like i'm sure it's changed over time what were some of the key moments in the life of chubby so far that have really sort of hockey stick sort of uh, grew the the business and the exposure what, what were some of those things that kind of really started to work really well for you yeah. So I'd say here, you know, we're, we're one part lucky and one part good. I'd say the lucky part is that we were able to put out content that people liked. Um, and you know, I've, I had never marketed before in my life. Um, I'd written a ton of emails to my buddies, mm -hmm. um, but I had not written emails in any corporate sense, um, nor run any advertising. So, um, you know, being able to write and connect with an audience, um, 
and 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 start to you know realize that people out there think like I do and all that kind of stuff was 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 lucky you know for us and then um so that was kind of the basis of of the website when we built it um and when we launched in September we launched in the fall and right into winter and so that's not short season we weren't seeing you know the hockey the hockey stick growth there but what we did is right in the kind of January, February timeframe, um, we started writing emails and sending them out to social groups on college campuses. Um, so fraternities, um, any sort of business groups, any sort of social groups that we could find where we could find their contact info, we just emailed them and said, hey, this is what we're doing. Um, if anybody is interested in working with us or becoming an ambassador for us, um, let us know. Um, and And, you know, 90% of the time when we got a reply, the person was like, yes, I know somebody and it's me, you know, like choose, choose me as your, as your account rep or whatever. And, um, and th- basically the reason was they just, they had read the website and they connected with the email and they said, this sounds ridiculous. Um, and, and so that group was about 30 people. Um, and, but they, they were immediately a source of kind of more drive and more directive. Um, and, and then also, meanwhile, we'd have been acquiring customers just organically, um, which is still always our biggest customer acquisition channel is just organic word of mouth. Um, and, and so those two things happened kind of coincidentally as we got to critical mass, we also got these guys involved mm-hmm. and we had, we saw our first spring, um, and that's when, you know, we had bought the inventory to, to get, get us through the following summer and we sold out of it within two months. So, or two weeks, sorry. Two so weeks. inventory that was supposed to last us six, six months lasted us two weeks. Um, and so that's really kind of the first moment. Um, as we've gone along, we've seen a lot of other kind of huge wins for us. So last year was another big win for us kind of in the more, in a more, uh, advanced senses last year we did 350 million video views um, on Facebook and across kind of our channels and that was a huge win in terms of from the content perspective and that was something where um, we've we had been working on content for a long time um, for for all five years five and a half years that we've been running the business and last year was the year where we really unlocked it um, and and uh, you know once again it's it's this one part lucky one part good is we were lucky because we were able to bring in some extremely talented people. Um, and you know, our content team is pound for pound. I'd put them up against any creative team out there. Um, and, and, you know, really started gelling. We brought in, um, two new hires like almost a year and a half ago and, um, really started upping kind of both the output rate and also just like the creativity. Um, and and that's kind of the more qualitative part. But then we also institutionalized a really concrete um, uh, strategy behind how we understand content, the metrics we're interested in, and really applied a data-driven approach to how we output content and creativity. Um, and that, that worked like gangbusters for us. And that was, that was another huge moment in kind of the growth of the business um, that, that we saw, you know, that, that hockey stick once again. Mm-hmm. It's obvious that content has become a, a major thing for you guys. I mean, it, it is what has helped you guys get on the map and, and whatnot. And you had mentioned earlier that like you created content that people liked. And how can a person listening to this who has a physical product, especially if they have a physical product, how can they create this kind of 
uh, awareness of their brand from the content. Like it's like, okay, you're, you, yeah. have, you have shorts. Like what do you even start writing about? And I'm curious how you would address somebody who's just asking themselves that like I have this product. I don't even know what to write about. I, all I know is this product. Yeah, so I'd say like, you know, this is something that I've thought about quite a bit. And I'd say like the best analogy that I can give is, is think about the brand like a human being. Think about it like a person with a personality. Um, and, and most more often than not, that personality is going to be yours, right? As the business owner, as the person who's going to be writing or, or creating this content. Right. And so, you know, write about the things that you care about, write about the things that, um, have an emotional connection to you. And, um, and that's where you'll start to find kernels. Um, and I, you know, we, we were not knocking it out of the park every time we wrote, but because we were pumped about it and because we were passionate about it, it enabled us to keep testing and keep driving. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a great book um, on copywriting called Hey Whipple, Squeeze This. It's more about like advertising copywriting. Um, and one of the key tenets is treat it, treat writing like just like a job, right? You have to crank through all sorts of bad ideas, all sorts of bad content to actually find stuff that resonates with you. And once you find things that resonate with you, that's when you need to see if what resonates with you resonates with your audience. Um, and, and that's iteration. Um, and it's, it's being willing to put content out, um, and, and having, having an understanding of how to track metrics and how to understand metrics. So if you're putting content out in email, it's tracking open rates, click rates, um, you know, how people are behaving on the site from that traffic. If it's, if it's on Facebook, there's all sorts of metrics that they have, Mm -hmm. But it's applying that rigor so that you can start to develop your sense of taste um, to make sure that your taste lines up with your audience's taste. Um, and so I'd say, yeah, just get started by writing about things that you care about and don't necessarily think about it from a business perspective of, oh, the business has to be saying these things and we have to be endorsing these products and doing this sort of thing um, when you don't necessarily care about that. Um, so I would find that intersection of relates to the brand you're trying to build or the product you're trying to sell, but also you really fundamentally care about it. Um, and it needs to be said almost, um, and, and start iterating through those concepts and see what starts to resonate and show it to your friends, show it to, you know, groups of people, you know, in your customer base, if you have some customers, um, and just start to get feedback and, and that will inform your taste going forward and that will get you better and better and better. And, you know, like I said, like this is our first, last year was our first year where we really, really uh, eclipsed a, a significant metric in the world of video. Prior to that, you know, I think three years ago, we on an annual basis were targeting, you know, maybe 100,000 or 500,000 views. And this year we did 350, or last year we did 350 million. You know, it's, it's, it's a process. It takes some time to get to uh, the real significant numbers, but if you're putting in the work and you have the passion, um, you already are, you know, mm-hmm. uh, light years above your competition. What was the big difference, if you don't mind sharing, between the hundred to five hundred thousand years versus the three hundred fifty uh, million year you had last year? <laughs> it was a combination. Like, you know, d- content design is is really what we've been working on. Is is there's this kind of mythical uh, theory about the creative of like, you know, you go to the creative, the creative outputs, the content that is good. And it's this work of art and you don't question it. Mm -hmm. Um, 
for us, it's design, right? It's a design process. We, we apply kind of startup methodologies to content design. And really what we are doing is designing content as opposed to creating individual pieces. And so it's this constant interplay with our community of what do they like? And so I'd say first is, you know, we were, we were putting out, you know, things that just people weren't liking um, as much. Um, second is, is platform. So um, Facebook as a platform is just better for distribution um, for us um, at least. So in those early days, we were working a little bit more on YouTube because it was kind of more of the video platform du jour. Right. Um, but you, but, but Facebook owned the share, right? So if Facebook owns the share and we're trying to create viral video content, uh, you really need to go directly to the source of the share um, because they're building out their own video platform. Now they're doing massive amounts of video views. And so it's making sure you understand where your customer is and what the action is you want from your content um, and designing kind of both the content and the distribution around that. Um, and so those kind of two pieces were the two pieces that started to work for us um, that, that unlocked quite a bit last year. Can you give me an example of one of your more popular videos from last year and kind of what was in that video and also how did that play a role in, you know, selling more shorts? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I'd say I'll, I'll answer the kind of second part first. So for us, like I said, like the most significant um, way that we're acquiring customers and the way that people are finding out about us is people talking about us. That's how I think. And out. content, yeah, exactly. And content and the way that the brand comes across is like the number one thing that you can talk about as well as product. And so product is controlled by an amazing, talented group of people at Chubby's that is not me. And so I'm trying to create the conversation in the world of content and marketing. Um, most more, less often than not, people are, you know, people are going to be saying, Hey, I saw a great, you know, VR ad, um, by these guys. Mm -hmm. Um, what they're going to talk about is content and a piece of content that connected with them. Um, and so, so, you know, that, that is like a huge, huge, huge notion. And the Facebook share is a proxy, you can think of it as a proxy for just a real life in-person conversation. Um, and so since that's so vital, that's why we invest so much time in our content. Um, and then the first part of things is uh, videos that have done well for us. So ours are always ridiculous. So we made um, kind of inadvertently, we made one of the best performing ads of the Olympics um, or of the kind of big international sporting event. I'm not sure if it's legally allowed to say. Oh, the O word, but um, you're fine here, I think. Yeah, but uh, but uh, at any rate, so so uh, we we were trying to think of what is our what is our content play around around that event around the Olympics, and um, we uh, kind of we wanted something ridiculous, we wanted something eye catching, and so we thought, hey, what about men's synchronized swimming? Uh, that's that's not a sport in the Olympics, and we don't quite know why not. Um, and, uh, and so we wanted to build a full, fully choreographed, fully executed guys wearing nose plugs that they, the hair caps and <laughs> looking like very authentic synchronized swimmers. And, uh, and so we did, we choreographed a full video and I think we got like the, uh, I, I can't remember the ranking, but we were in the top 10 kind of most watched ads of the Olympics, um, beating out some very hefty competition of people who put, you know, million, you know, millions of dollars, I'm assuming into their kind of budgets for distribution. 
um, and their and their content production. And um, we spent maybe you know twenty five hundred dollars on uh, a synchronized swimming shoot in you know the backyard of one of our friends' pools. Um, and, uh, and so and so that was one that comes to mind is like just really really um, low budget where we were competing with monsters um, that really it was dependent on this this fun idea and once again not not taking ourselves too seriously. Yeah, I mean I I see the ad here. Now it's. I think it's titled "How Do We Add Men's Synchronized Swimming to the Summer Games?" Because it's glorious. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I see these yeah, guys exactly. here. I mean, it's it's amazing. How can you not talk about this, right? When when you see it, and I think for the brand and the culture that you've created and the personality, it just fits perfectly. So well, well done to you and the content team. I think it's fantastic. It, it, I think also people listening to this, it's going to help them think out of the box too. And it doesn't mean you have to create something ridiculous right it just means you have to create something on brand that will yeah. be talked about essentially is what we're what i'm trying to get out here and then i also want to talk about what you've done with your community you've mentioned community a few times and again it's these things that we normally hear about not related to an article of clothing but you've somehow been able to amass this amazing community and i'm, I'm sure this stems from the content that you create as well but how are you even more than the content um, sort of fostering this community that you've built, and obviously, when you have a community and when you have fans, I mean, they're gonna they're gonna be there for you. They're gonna buy your stuff. But I'm curious, like, what are the strategies involved with fostering and, and nurturing this community? Yeah. So, so first off, it's it, you know, for us, like, we we use community for content and social sake. Like, we do not, we try not to use it so much for advertising and direct response. So, okay. the content that we're putting out and that we're posting organically. Uh, is is not going to be a sell. Uh, we really don't like selling, and and frankly, we're not we're not that great of salesmen. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, we are we're better at you know uh, content and showing a personality and interacting, um, and and that's really where we have fun and where I think a community starts to form is when they're not constantly being sold to. Um, so I think that's that's one of the most important things is don't don't try to sell so much more kind of create the relationship that creates demand. Um, I love that. I mean, that, that's the thing I've noticed. I'm, I'm here on your Instagram page. I've been looking for anything that says like, go here, buy this, or this is on sale. I, I have, I'm like scrolling for days here. I don't see any of that. Yeah. Hopefully you don't. <laughs> hopefully you don't. <laughs> yeah. So, so, I mean, that's been important to us from day one and, and, even on our mailing list, which is very typically like a very, a very strong direct response mechanism from day one, we've always had a Friday email that is just entirely content. Um, and that if you That's want, cool. you can just sign up for that. And we don't put cells in there. We don't, we just give you content um, and, and give you fun things um, that we're trying to create for you. Um, so that's huge, right? And that authenticity, that relationship is really important there. Um, and then in the world of Instagram, one of the things that we, we saw from day one is that when people got the product, they started sending us photos. Um, and it was amazing. And they're the most, just the most diverse, and ridiculous group of people um, that one, you know, that that's the fuel for our Instagram feed. And so if you look at our Instagram feed, for 95% of all the posts in there, those are customers. Um, so and we cool. want to showcase customers. We want to, we want to, um, 
get them on our feed just as much as they do. And so we feel we get probably a thousand inbound kind of just photos that people are tagging us in. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we'll reach out and say, Hey, is it cool if we, if we use this photo, if it's, if it's like, you know, ridiculous or has a lot of personality or, or we think it's going to do well on our feed. And, and that's basically Instagram for us. And so that kind of reciprocity of, of, you know, we're really building that feed with our community. Um, and that, that Instagram, you know, that wouldn't, wouldn't even exist without all of the people in the community. Um, so that's a huge, that's a huge kind of, I love that. um, you know, exchange of value there where, where, you know, they're relying on us to, to be the curators and give them good content. And then we're relying on them to, to send us just ridiculous stuff and, and, and share and share with us kind of the weekend that they're having, um, or that they had, or the amazing experiences that they're having. Um, because as much as we'd like, we can't go do all this amazing stuff that our community can do. Um, and so, yeah, that's, that's one of the things that's really been awesome. And that we did from, from once again, we did from day one, um, when, whether it was through email or our Instagram, we always wanted to showcase kind of the community. Um, and we took that kind of to its farthest extent where, uh, in 2015, we hired male models out of our community of customers and people who are fans of the brand. And uh, those are our, those are the models that we use. Um, and so if you look at that synchronized swimming video, uh, a couple of those guys are just, um, just you know, customers. customers that we hired as male models. And, uh, and once again, just, you know, an awesome group of guys and so much personality, so much diversity. Um, which, which is really cool. Um, and so I think also like that's been awesome for us and hopefully it's been cool for the community to kind of see that and, uh, and get involved in helping us kind of build this, this ridiculous, this ridiculous thing that we're working on. I love it, man. From the outside here, it, it's completely inspiring to see a company that's selling shorts have this kind of community. I mean, I'm here on Instagram right now. I opened up a picture. It's this guy I can relate to because it's this guy wearing chubby shorts. It's the USA shorts with his son um, on a doorstep, and it's obviously a customer. And you even you even at tag the customer here, and it's just they're raising their hands in the air. And then there's a little meme kind of thing up above that it says "father son level expert," and it's like. That connects with me so well. How do you come up with those sort of meme-related things? I think that's something that obviously is working nowadays in terms of getting shares. I mean, most of the responses here in the comments are people at sharing with their friends. This is us. This is me. And again, there's no mention of the shorts there, but they are obviously there. And because this is the brand, I mean, you're getting all this free exposure it's just it's just amazing. Who by the way, who comes up with those for you guys? Whoever's doing these memes for you guys, I don't know if it's a team or what, but they're they're really clever and they're very short, but they're just perfect. Yeah, yeah that's 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 our, our team of content virtuosos. Um and uh you know that's that's Mason, Phil, Grant, Garrett, uh Bill Helm. That's that's the team there. Um and uh yeah those guys so the 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 thing there is is once again it's like it's about volume um and making sure that you even if you don't feel inspired or you don't feel like you're going to create this this whopper of a caption or of a uh of a kind of a you know top cap that's that's that kind of meme content mm-hmm. um you crank through and you keep writing and you keep trying to to, to create that content um and, you know, you, you combine that kind of ethic with extremely creative and talented people that is all of those guys that I mentioned. Um, and they're going to output some funny stuff. And that's, that's, 
you know, that's been what we've been trying to build is core competency across everything, across the videos that we produce, the captions that we're outputting is that we have this, this rigorous edge to, we want to create the best content out there. We want to create the funniest content out there. We want to create uh, content that makes people smile and laugh and be that destination, be that source of that for people. Um, and that requires a lot of hard work and, and that requires us to, to be extremely creative and uh, be extremely willing to try different things, try ridiculous things, but also put that volume into it and make sure that we're, we are, uh, you know, putting out, you know, for, for each one of those that goes out, for example, we'll probably write 30 to 50 captions. Um, and then we edit it down, trim it down and we're posting three of those a day. Um, and then we post, you know, seven days a week. So there's a lot of writing. That's a lot of captions. Um, and so, you know, I'll, I'll, Sing, sing this team's praises, um, you know, all, all day if you let me, but you guys are incredible at doing that. And, and it's, it's really that kind of combination of this creativity, but also the ethic that they put towards it. That's so cool. Uh, Tom, you've given us a good uh, snapshot of just how you've been able to create this amazing brand from a physical product. And I think it's, it's going to be really inspiring for a lot of people to hear this. I have one final question for you before we finish up. And that is, do you have any final pieces of advice for those who are out there who are maybe struggling a little bit in terms of getting their community together in terms of content creation? Do you have any words of inspiration or even tactics or tips to help them sort of start thinking uh, a little bit more out of the box and helping them with, with kind of those, those items? Yeah, I'd say just, just, you know, there are plenty of things that you can't control kind of in, in startup life. And there's plenty of things that you, you, that are, you know, that are uh, kind of unchangeable, um, that are permanent, but the things that you can control are, are the most important things are your tenacity. So your work ethic, your unwillingness to give up. Um, and your constant search for better results and for um, more connection with your audience. Um, and the second is passion. And so finding, you know, and I think those two are interrelated, but finding something where you can spend, you know, 12 hours a day, 15 hours a day um, cranking on it because you're passionate about it. Um, and where your passion drives you to not accept mediocrity, not accept lower performance. Um, and I think those are the two things that, um, that are often kind of, uh, overlooked and they're, they're things that you can control and you can, you can, uh, find that passion. You can find that tenacity and those two things, um, will make you learn faster, will make you, uh, iterate better and smarter than your competition. Um, so I'd say just, just really, really, you know, taking that to heart and understanding that, um, and once you've gone through kind of those those really grueling early days where you're trying to find product market fit or you're trying to find a customer base, or you're trying to find a connection with people, those are the things that get you through that. Um, and so I'd say, yeah, those are just kind of the most important things and the things that kind of, you know, we stress here, um, you know, very, very uh, broadly and, um, you know, frequently. So that's that's the only piece that I kind of add. Love it, Tom. What a perfect way to end the show. Thank you so much again, everybody. Check out chubbies.com or chubbies on Instagram. Uh, that's where I would recommend you go first. Any, anywhere else people should go and check out some of your stuff? The Facebook. Facebook's always good. Facebook.com slash chubbies. Cool. And then we've got uh, kind of insider looks at the people in the office and the creative team on our Snapchat, which is just 
chubby's shorts with two s's in the middle perfect tom thank you so much for your time today and the inspiration and uh keep doing what you're doing because it's working man awesome pat i appreciate it all right thank you so much all right, I hope you enjoyed that interview with Tom from chubbies.com. If you want to get the show notes, including all the links and the resources mentioned in this episode, or if you'd like to leave a comment, either way, just head on over to the blog. You can go directly to the show by going to smartpassiveincome.com slash session 269. Again, that's smartpassiveincome.com slash session 269. Like I said, what an incredible interview. And Tom, thank you so much for your time. And this word of mouth thing, I mean, it really does happen from focusing on the community and empowering them and content like you can see here even for a physical product can be a massive game changer for you so love to hear what you think again one more time smartpassiveincome.com slash session 269 and guys i really really look forward to this month with you we're going to talk a little bit more about physical products we have an interview coming up with somebody who's going to give us the ins and outs of the sort of manufacturing process and getting prototypes and working with uh, you know those kinds of things and also shipping and fulfillment and all those uh, all that stuff uh, which goes along with physical products and you know as much as i record this episode for you guys to add value to your life and help you find answers for the questions you have related to your business. I also interview people specific to things that I'm working on too because you know we're in this together, right? And this physical product experiment that I've been working on lately, which is gonna dive into the physical product realm and into manufacturing and fulfillment and that sort of thing. You know, all these things, today's conversation with Tom, next week's, uh, next week's conversation with Richie, it's all playing a role in how I will be taking this information and putting it into practice and hopefully you can uh, do that with me or at least follow along. So anyway, more information about the product experiment on the blog at smartpassiveincome.com and I'll be talking uh, in specific episodes about that much later as we close in on the year and finish up with hopefully what will be a massive Kickstarter campaign. But again, more of that coming soon for now. Keep rocking it. I appreciate you guys. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast if you haven't subscribed already. And uh, I appreciate those ratings and reviews, as always. All right, guys, take care, and I'll see you in next week's episode. Till then, keep crushing it. Bye, guys. Thanks for listening to the Smart Passive Income Podcast at www.smartpassiveincome.com.